Randy Johnson on the podcast, cancer survivor, safe logic business owner. What else, what else would you add to your to your headline for for Randy Johnson? Oh, I'm a mom. And oh, mo- uh, most importantly, yeah, I forgot I'm about that. Mom. How many and kids do you have? Three. Three kids. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ages. Um, my daughter Veda is eight. My son Hudson is thirteen, and my oldest daughter is fifteen. Charlotte. How are the teenagers? So good. They are. Yeah. I'm actually homeschooling them this year. Um, my daughter, my oldest, and I just got back from a work work vacation to Maui last week, and we got scuba open water certified together. So she got three high school credits for that. How and I was cool. like, I'm winning at homeschooling, mommy. <laughs> Win. Yeah. You yeah. seem to have, you're winning at everything. <laughs> you just opened a new location out in uh, Wasilla. Yes. Uh, for safe logic you did you buy a building or no i'm actually renting it from a real estate agency um that had a really prime location up for rent and some people were moving out and we happened to see the listing like the day that it posted and did a walkthrough and grabbed the spot um and we're actually subleasing to r squared general contracting so that kind of takes a little pressure off the overhead of the lease um but i i had all these people coming to anchorage every day and you know, between gas and their work time, I had quite a crew of people that live in the valley. So we just downsized here and then got a spot for six people in the valley. So it's super awesome. Yeah, it's nice of you to accommodate your employees who yeah. live out there. I also live out there, though. <laughs> yeah. You live so, in Pal- Palmer? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you were commuting in. You commuted in as well. Yeah. Well, not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, I try to pick and choose when I'm commuting and come here when it's convenient for me. So tell me, because uh, I don't know the story uh, behind Safe Logic, and like, first of all, like, yeah, how did this come about? Like, where did this, you know, a lot of people have a zero risk propensity for this kind of thing, like starting going out on their own, and uh, like, where did you get the the uh, you know the the ball the balls so to speak to to like <laughs> to like take the leap into entrepreneurial world? And obviously, it's been more than uh great for you uh and and where you're at today but start us from the beginning sort of sure um so okay originally i went to uaa i wanted to become a pilot went to the professional aviation college at merrill field was learning how to fly um had a bunch of college roommates that were a big pain um and so my best girlfriend jen and i decided to go on a little adventure and move to the east coast so we drove um through canada and all the way to florida Stopped at like every college in between and saw our friends from after. Alaska. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in a Florida. Honda Civic. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it was just the two of us. My parents were pissed. Um, I don't think my dad talked to me for like six months actually. Because you dropped um, out of college for a little bit. Well, yes, <laughs> dropped out of college and drove across the country just two eighteen-year-old girls and moved to Florida. Um, and then um, when I was there, I met. Um, my oldest daughter's dad, and he was in the Navy. And so he was getting stationed in Maine. And because my parents are actually both from Maine, um, I was able to like follow him up there and be around all my family, my grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, um, and went to the University of Southern Maine for economics. And I worked at Bank of America for four years, went to college there for four years, was heavy into like finance and econ and like wanted to be a nerdy economist. And then um, him and I were going through a divorce and I needed to move back to Alaska. So my mom voluntold me for a job as a safety admin for a safety director. And I was like, no, not doing it. I was like, I want to work at the bank. That's my goal. That's my dream. Uh, I wanted to be like on Wall Street. You want to be in finance. Yeah. yeah. I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to be like the like, lady yeah. in New York City that's like got her briefcase and is like going to the market when it opens. But um <laughs> So I took the position because it was good pay and I like I didn't have a job lined up here and my daughter was, you know, pretty young. So as a single mom, come back to Alaska, I take this job and I caught all the admin up stuff pretty quickly. And then next thing I know, he's like, let me take you out in the field so you can do safety. I was like, weird. Okay. 
like I didn't even know there was a profession where people actually made sure other people were safe. I thought it was like, hey, we all just try our best here. You know, like not speeding on the highway. It's like, oh yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you kind of monitor yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah based like, on we're the, adults the rules. here. Yeah. Like, can we just adult? Um, so then I go out in the field and I'm like, whoa, this is a really cool job. And people responded really well to me because I was like kind of one of them. And, you know, my dad had been in construction my whole life. So I was like, this is really fun. Okay. Maybe I'll do it for a year. So I kept doing it. Um, and then I kind of realized like what a cool career it was and that it like, you know, pretty good paying career. And that even though it's a male dominated career path, like yeah, I was women say, actually like, excel yeah. how, in it. How is it being a female in this? And, and why do you think it is that you that women excel? It's uh, it's because I think if we're going to be real. Yeah. Okay. So you have a group of men and they're good at their job, right? They're swinging hammers, they're carpenters, crane operators, building things, electricians, whatever it is, they're good at it and they know it and they're a provider and they, you know, they're, they're supporting their family and you send another dude up who doesn't, who has got clean clothes, the clean hard hat guy. Oh, I see. Um, he's like, excuse me, <laughs> you're not being safe. And this guy is like working in a ditch, like yeah. doing physical labor all day. The, I'm not saying, and I'm sure there's going to be some male safety professionals listening to this. There are phenomenal male safety professionals, but I do think that as a woman, when you approach that situation, you're approaching it with a lot more of a, hey, I'm your sister, I care. Hey, I'm your mom, I care oh, type of feeling yeah. or even your wife. Like, yeah. so in real life, men are used to being told to be safe by women. That's what we do. <laughs> I have a son. Every time he goes to football, I'm like, okay, don't get hurt. Uh, you're snowboarding. Make sure you have your helmet on. Yeah. Like, don't drive too fast. Yeah. Like, look both ways. And the ways. dad's like, oh, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, and the dad's like, send it. <laughs> So for men, having a woman approach you. That actually makes a lot of sense. And just say, hey. And it's like a lot of times we're smiling and we maybe bring cookies or donuts because that's just like built into us a little bit. And even if we are authoritative, it comes across as more of like, I'm doing it because I care, not because I want to have control or power over you. Yes. So men have a struggle where it's like, you don't want to seem like a cop, like a safety cop, because nobody, nobody like a speeding ticket, right? Yeah. Like instantly pissed. You're not like, oh, thank you for helping me save my own life. Yeah. You're like, bro, I got places to be. So when a guy approaches, if they don't have the, hey, I respect you, hey, here's the deal attitude, yeah. you can lose the construction workers in like a second. Oh, that's like, such an interesting so psychology experience or it, experiment. Like just knowing like when you're try, you see this happen too in situations where someone is more interested in controlling the situation than actually care. helping and caring about it. And so like, just from like a lessons in life thing, I think for anything you do, like don't try to control the yeah. situation. People are going to be way more responsive when you just show you genuinely care and you're trying to make this better and you're supporting them. Right. Which is why being like a caring mom type, nurturing type of woman who also can be authoritative comes across in a way that people buy in. And so I try to actually like mentor my staff on that. Like, cause not, not all females are created that way either. Sometimes I have female employees where I've struggled with them being a little bit too authoritative or aggressive yeah. or safety copish. And that's, it's, it's part of like the, you industry. have to do what I say. Yeah. And it's and like, well, it's you need a, to get them, you need to sell it to them. Right. A yes. little bit. You have it's, to build rapport and yeah. you have to make them want to do it. Cause if you can't make them want to do it there, once you walk away, you've lost them. Okay. So, rewind to the infinite universe. And in the situation where you were this banker finance person, who's happier? Yeah. Uh, the, a safe logic, uh, Randy Johnson, oh, yeah. or the finance uh, bat lady with the suit, the, the what do you, the briefcase, yeah, with this with the pantsuit. <laughs> yes, walking. I wore a pantsuit. <laughs> okay, so I had these me. same pictures in my head too when I was growing up. I'm like, I'm gonna wear a suit and I'm gonna be a lawyer, and then I like, grew up and yeah, I'm like, and now we're like I would have been yeah. entrepreneurs. Here entrepreneurs. Um, so safety, Randy, entrepreneur, Randy is probably the happiest I've ever been in my life, if we're being honest. Um, I'm wearing extra tufts right now. That you can't see. Yes. Like I, It's like I showed up when I felt like it today. Yep. Um, and I know what I'm doing is like 
helping people and helping businesses. So I feel good every day about what I actually do. And that keeps me like motivated and passionate and it does pay the bills and I have an amazing team. So yeah, I did wear a suit every day to Bank of America and high heels. I actually was like seeing a chiropractor and like physical therapist regularly, I think, because I was wearing high heels every day. It's pretty miserable, honestly. And I once I got into a position of management, I was getting yelled at every single day by a mad customer because when the bank takes their money or freezes their account or does something wrong or overdraft fees, it or doesn't fees. matter yeah. what happened on yeah. the back end. If you are the face, you are getting this brunt you are in all the day. Yeah. Uh. And I would just be like, okay, I'm really sorry. And then people are just yelling at me. And um, so I had a hard time with that, but, and, and also like helping people build wealth is awesome and it's something that i i'm passionate about helping my friends with like finance stuff and like oh you still kind of dabble in that stuff and in, in well, it's like personal yeah personally you know like i'll be like oh well i love about this yeah you know but i love how what you brought up which is really close to my heart in terms of like what brings me uh joy and purpose which is like serving people and like helping people accomplish things and helping businesses yeah. and and providing for people i mean i I mean, you, you talked about men and women, the differences. And I think for, for me as a man, like providing for my family is a big deal. And now I'm providing for a staff and making sure they have jobs and, and tasks to do. And, and we have clients and, 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 and I'm also providing for my, my, um, you know, my clients themselves and helping them grow their business. And it's, it's yeah. all sort of tied into each other around that sort of, um, desire to really help people and, and make a difference. So um, yeah, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. It's like a win, win, win. And for me, I have mostly female staff, as you know, Yeah. and most of my staff either is part-time or, um, I, we've got a lot of babies at safe logic. It's like baby heaven. Um, like which, women with babies. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got babies <laughs> yeah. over here too, in my office. Yeah. Babies. Ver- Virginie like- just had a baby like a week, two weeks ago. Oh, really? You remember Virginie? Did you remember uh, me here? Yes. Yeah. She and had Kelsey. a baby. And then Kelsey obviously had a baby as well. Yeah. We have well, six so, employees. We got two babies. So for so backing up to why I became safety. So I took that job. It was fun. Whatever. Yeah. How'd the universe um, lead you there? Then I decided to transfer my credits and work towards a safety degree, which I was able to do quickly and get some sort of There's a safety degree. Actual safety degree. Yeah. Oh. I have actually an actual bachelor's of occupational safety and health. Cool. Um and so I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to transfer to that. I got a job as the safety director when they built the Aklutna Generation Station, um, the power plant out in Aklutna. Got it. So it was like the biggest construction project in Alaska at the time. Is it like a hydroelectric thing? Is um, it- it's dual fuel. So they have um, engines and then also they're bringing in natural gas. So Okay. Um. Anyway, at the time, it was $265 million construction project, and they needed a safety manager for construction for the client, which was Matanuska Electric. And that person was going to oversee the safety professionals for the contractors. So there was, like, several big prime contractors, and they all had their own safety teams on site. So this person was going to be the lead of that. So when I got the call to interview for it, I, like, literally laughed. I was like, I'm 27. I don't like, like I wasn't I done with a safety degree. Like yeah. I did not You didn't feel like you knew shit yet. I didn't. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Okay. Sorry, everyone, but I didn't know shit. But I kept everyone safe because I cared. Yeah. And that was the thing is I went and I interviewed. They offered me the job. I was making a lot of money and had a lot of responsibility at a young age and it was like, whoa, crazy. So every single day I would show up at work, I would walk the project and I had awesome coworkers who taught me so much, like the construction manager, sure. this guy named Matt would always be like, okay, this is what they're doing. Yeah. And then I'd go back to my office and I'd be like, Google, Google, Google. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, but here's the I thing. Like, young people, I don't think are, maybe they are, maybe there's people that are willing to throw themselves into situations where they don't know shit and they're, they're just forced to learn. But that's how I've always learned as well is like, I'm just going to, do this i don't even know what it means or what to <laughs> yeah what fake it doesn't it till you mean make it. No, I'm yeah <laughs> and, and there is a lot to be said the fake it till you make it thing because you really don't know what you don't know until you know yeah right? 
And then we have the intranets, so you can pretty you much learn whatever you world. need yeah. to. And if you are humble enough to approach people in a way of like an attitude of like, I want to understand what you're doing, they will tell you what they're doing and they'll tell you how they could be doing it safer or um, uh, what you should look at or whatever. So I actually so learned a bit of strategy so to much. get information yeah. out of people by approaching them yeah. a certain way with things and, yeah. and being open to learning. Yeah. And they respect you for that because you're not coming in trying to be a know-it-all or whatever. So I did that job successfully for two and a half years. You were just on that job. It, no, this was like years ago. Okay. 12 maybe. No, actually. This would have been 10 years ago. Okay. So I was doing that job and then it was coming to the end of that job and I was pregnant with my third child and I was married and I was like, okay, I'm kind of worn out, kind of pregnant, kind of worn out. I don't really want to take another full-time job or be on a project where I'm like walking around a construction site. And so I decided to get my business license and do some consulting part-time because I had saved up some money to like get me through because um, I wasn't going to get maternity leave with that position like yeah. paid. So I'd sta saved up some money for my own maternity leave and um I'm really good at like writing programs and doing that kind of work. So I had decided I wanted to get my business license and supplement the money that I had saved and my husband's income by working, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week from home on the computer. So I set up a little home office. I thought about a name. I thought about like, where do I see this going? And I was like, okay, I want to set everything up correctly in a position that it can grow or scale or, or whatever. So I thought about the name, filed the business license. How'd you come up with the name? That's Dude, always, a, uh, it's so fucking hard. Like if it you, was so hard. For anybody actually, who started it a business. Like a month. It was yeah. like, it actually delayed my business from opening for like a month because I just was like, I can't choose and I don't want to change it. And I, where did you get it? Like, how'd you come up with it? I like, what were some, it, and give me some of the, like, the was, other names too. I want to hear some, uh, what it could have been. You it was 10 years ago. I'm trying to think, um, but this was yeah. a decade ago. It, it was like trying to name a baby, but harder. <laughs> like, I'm not way harder. even kidding. I was like, uh, so I didn't want it to have the word safety in it. Yeah. I was pretty strong on that. I didn't want it to um, have weird initials, you know, just same with a baby. You don't want yeah. your kid's initials to yeah, be something stupid yeah. like, where it like spells a word. Um, I, I remember I wanted it to be kind of like something like creative, but I had had somebody tell me too. They were like, Hey, Alaskans love the word Alaska in the name. And I was kind of like, meh. So Fast forward so to now, cliche. we are DBA yeah. as Safe Logic and Safe Logic Pacific. Okay, so you but had a different also, name. You no, I started it as Safe Logic okay. Alaska, so that's the main primary. Safe Logic LLC. Alaska, got it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I just I had like a list, and I would Google and I would look up other safety companies, and it was like blah blah blah, whatever <laughs> safety stuff, and I didn't want it to be too weird where you wouldn't identify it as a safety company yeah if that makes sense yeah so somehow i i honestly have no idea but i think i literally woke up in the middle of the night and was like safe logic yes and then yeah and then everyone i told was like yes that's it that's, it. Now that's the it one it felt it felt good yeah and <laughs> so um and out and also big shout out to um the owner of cornerstone general contractors joe jolly he did my boy Joe yeah, played my, hockey with Joe. My homie, <laughs> um, he was pushing me to get my business license, and I was like, "Do it, and then help us do the stuff." So I did. Cornerstone was my first client. So as soon as I had my business license, I had guaranteed work for Cornerstone General Contractors, and it was like ten hours a week, maybe fifteen. And I was doing like a new safety manual and like written programs and cleaning up their stuff the safety stuff that there's a lot of admin stuff to safety that people don't realize yeah 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 um and so then when that you know got caught up then it became okay like now we're gonna go out to the job sites and we're gonna do all this stuff and then kind of word on the street got out that i was doing some good things for cornerstone and then next thing you know it was like okay well these other companies want me to work for them well i was a mom and i had a new baby and I had these older kids and i was like man i don't know how much work I can actually do myself, but I, I was able to fill my plate for a couple years 
working about 40 hours a week. Um, and then it got to the point where I was like at a tipping point. And so I found Christina, my business manager now. She um, came on board full time. It was more than what I could afford to pay her, but I knew she was worth it. And I'm like, if I have her and she's worth it, then we can get so enough this is, work. Yeah, this is something I wanted to stick on because uh, obviously we're yeah. having a conversation here, but also for people out there who um, either own a business or solopreneur, somebody who's like on their own doing this stuff and needs to get somebody on their, you know, on their yes. team and are scared of the the you know the expense uh payroll expenses it's the biggest expense for any business but i had this same kind of um you know epiphany i guess if you will where you know you're at a point where you're like we need these things done and we don't have the bandwidth to do it but we don't have the money right now to pay somebody that what they need to get paid but we know if we get potentially hire them that we'll get the you know, it's like the chicken before the egg. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do we get the business and then hire the person? Well, that doesn't work because nope. then we're underwater. And then when we hire the person, they're going to be underwater with us. So I would just tell people out there, like, if if you're go- if you're going to grow, you have to hire people. And every time I've hired people, I've seen my income uh, for the business grow with it uh, substantially. And it's not just like one for one. It's sometimes like 10 times or five times uh as we bring on new people. So I just want to yeah. make sure that people know, like, don't be scared to hire people. Like that is the biggest thing we can do as entrepreneurs is like push some stuff off our plate, take some hats off our head, give Absolutely. it to other people to do and pay them good for it. Yes. And it will all come back to you Yes, even more. Especially. So you have to pay to play. Like you can't go into this being like, well, I don't want to spend money on anything. Cause you're, you're going to do this you dance to. like continuously forever essentially like it's always that way and every business even like the hundred million dollar a year contractors are doing the same dance so you really need to be okay with some risk yeah and that is one thing where it's like hey i just believe it's all gonna work out and then it does so that's if you just tell yourself that enough times like i was literally like dying of cancer like i'm okay i'm gonna live (laughs) and here i am so there is something to be said about what you believe and what you tell Your yourself. And maybe sometimes you're delusional, but like, it's okay because mentally your thoughts change like the chemistry of your cells and like your DNA. It's like, so if you true. Tell yourself that you can do it. And, and the other thing is, is you have to be able to believe not only in yourself, but other people. Yes. So for me to put trust into other people like Christina, when I met her, I think I had met like 13 people before her for like coffee because that was my thing. I meet people for coffee. It's not an interview. I just want to get a feel. I want to talk to vibe. you. Yeah, if I don't like you? your vibe, then my clients aren't going to like your vibe because my clients love me. Yes. They trust me. They like me. They believe me. They let me do their things. So my thought process is if they like me, are they going to like somebody completely different than me? Eh, maybe. But I was literally looking for my clone sister, yeah. if you will. Um, not a clone, but if you look at my website, <laughs> we all kind of, it's, like yeah, it's like a little clan of people. But there's a similar personality trait in everyone that has stuck with my company and has worked out. And that is you have to be like a people person and have to be like able to it with safety more so than like accounting or marketing or something. For sure. You just have to be able to mediate things, work through situations because it's a high hazard, high risk, high emotions industry. Yeah. So everyone who works for me is very um, like people oriented and pretty like you have to kind of have that like calm but high energy type of thing going yeah um but if you find a a unicorn though i will call christina a unicorn because she is one after 13 coffees i met her and i was like she's the one yes i mean it was you know it's very similar to dating i tell people like you don't have to commit you don't have to become somebody's like girlfriend if you can't even have a cup of coffee with this person. So like before you actually go you to probably a dinner, shouldn't become their girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, if you think about it, normal interview process, it's so they, bad. You submit an application, yeah. they read the resume and then like you get a, you get an interview. They ask you 10 questions, you answer them and you get a job offer. Like what? Now we're committed. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to be committed first. I'm going to LinkedIn stalk you yep. or Facebook 
So anyone who's listening, just know that every employer, whether they're supposed to do that or not, they're looking up your LinkedIn and your Facebook. So you better keep that tight. And yep. right. Yeah. And then it's like, now that I have some background on who this person is, I meet them for coffee. I f- it's a vibe check. If they don't pass the vibe check, I don't even care what's on their resume. I don't even care what they say, how they'll handle an incident investigation. Yeah. I want the vibe. So that you bring that person on and then you will see your profits and the business scale and you can do more, but you have to be okay to delegate. Cause if you have to begin control of everything, you can't scale your business. And sometimes when you give control away, people are going to really mess some things up or they're not going to do it your way. But it's like, if you try to do everything, you run out of time. Yeah. And your band, you only have so much bandwidth. Doing and yeah. As an entrepreneur, things. you want, you want to enjoy the, fruits of being an entrepreneur which is like i should have you know the ability to stop working when i want to stop working and come to work when i want to work and do things that i want to do and it it shouldn't be um you know like you're you you have employees for these things and you have the ability to to delegate and yeah i think people especially business owners definitely have um including myself have a hard time letting things go right um but back to the people thing i think I, I'm a big believer in the universe that you're talking about, yeah. like the thoughts and how they affect you. I'm totally like on that, uh, that in that realm. Uh, but like every when I look at the room of people that I have and like the connections I've made uh, it, through my business and the staff that's come to me over the last three years, it's all been just organic. I've never like tried to force like I need to hire somebody right now and they need to have these exact skills. Literally, I was just in my head thinking about the types of people I want and the need to have somebody do a specific thing, whether it's a videographer or um, yeah, ads guy. Um, all these people kind of just slowly came to me. I'm like, that's the guy. Somebody will be like, hey, I know this guy that does yeah. this. I'm like, let me talk to him. And then it became a employee. And I've never actually like had that where I'm like, I got to find somebody and I'm like having multiple cups of coffee with people well i think that was kind of my starting point and now it's always just kind of like they're organically flowing and and sometimes they flow out and that's okay and that's the thing is i i have actually i created a little letter to like warn people what they were walking into so that we don't bring people in who have these weird expectations of like what a corporate job is like yeah because that's just not the way for like companies like ours and so they need to understand things are a little bit different. Like your work is now it's coming directly out of my pocket and it's coming out of the rest of the team's bonuses. So if you have somebody who's used to maybe having zero accountability and they're not producing like good quality work in the time that you're paying them, it's like, you're actually, it almost kind of feels like you're being stolen from because you're like, Hey, Another thing is, is like, I like to share profits and I like to take really good care of my people. And like, sometimes I'll like, Hey, you want to get paid for the day to go golf with a client or you, you know, we're going to take the day off and go volunteer for our Arctic winter games or do things like that. But we can't do that if we're paying for a bunch of people on overhead who aren't contributing. So everyone has to carry their weight on the yeah. team. And yeah. We're it's not like a team sport. It's like totally. a Olympic soccer team. Like if everybody's not in it to win it then those people cycle out so i've kind of gotten to the point now where when we're thinking about bringing some someone on i'm like here's the whole situation and my expectations before you even walk in the door that's awesome yeah i I love that you brought that up because i've had uh similar situations in on my team where uh employee came from uh a, a different bigger you know, a big box store, let's say. And uh, he was kind of used to just like, yeah, they would just like, you know, we would come in at 7am. And if there was nothing to do, we would just like sit around till three o'clock and not do anything. And uh, there were some situations, you know, here where I was, I was like, hey, man, like, if you're not producing work, you can't be clocked in. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, because you know, a, we can't this, afford that. And this is a small, there's only five of us here. Like, yeah. if you're not pulling your weight, like, that's, you know, and yeah, he, and he's probably going to listen to this because he's editing it. But 
it's it, but it's he, not their he, fault he, necessarily. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. Like they're like, coming into it not realizing they the just difference. have bad. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a bad precedence that's been set uh, by these bigger companies who can afford to let people just you know. There's a lot of people just maybe not pulling their weight or or just you know kind of waiting around for the work. Um, but in this environment, you you have to be uh, what I call uh, plugged into the value stream. And that's when you come in to clock in, you're adding value to the business in some way. You know, it's, it, you can't just, oh, I, I'm trying to get this done or I'm, I'm, I'm working on this or thinking about this. It's like, no, you're doing stuff to move the needle forward. And that's a big conversation we have a lot at Orange Slice. Yeah, uh, I love that concept. Yeah. Plugged into the value stream. The value stream. Noted. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, it's 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 a hard it's a hard thing to bring people into companies like ours where it's like there's a culture, there's a vibe, there's a goal, there's a value stream and it's very easily disrupted. Yeah. It's like a fragile little orchid. Yeah. And you know, if you've ever tried to keep an orchid alive, you're like, what the hell? Like, I've never just tried even to keep an orchid at it alive. Wrong and it but just, any fi- any dies. kind of plant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's the crazy thing is like we, it's, it's just a dance like constantly. And the reason that I do it versus making the same amount of money, maybe more, maybe less as a corporate safety director, I do it because I have the time that I want and the freedom to choose when I use that time to spend time with my kids. And after having cancer, like nothing really matters to me. Like eh, run my car into something and like the just a car this is yeah that's uh, a, that's an attitude know, that, yeah like you're just like yeah. i don't really care i well, care have, that's about, in life in general it's like there's only a few things that really matter yeah and that's just life right and like it's just love and it's yeah it's like experiences and like making memories and things like that and so again going back to me having like a heavily female staff that wasn't like intentional we we are an inclusive employer yeah but a lot of times I don't actually need somebody full time for something. And it's really hard as a mom with like a new baby to be in the workforce and be able to be home at in the amount of time that you feel is right for you and your baby to nurse, to feed, to do the things and also keep your career moving forward. So when I started Safe Logic, it was because I wanted to be a mom of a newborn and be able to also keep my career moving forward. So having people on my staff that have like one-year-olds and they're nursing and we're, we're working with them around that schedule and they're hybrid. So they're in the office part-time, home sometimes. Um, it's a really amazing thing to be able to provide to other people the same thing I'm providing to myself. So it's like you're plugged into the value stream, but you're also having a good work-life balance and reaping the rewards of that as well. Because when you're kicking ass and we're making money, it's like we can give bonuses and we can do the things. But um, yeah, for me, like Safe Logic has grown just organically, pretty sustainable pace over the last eight years. It's not, you know, quadrupled, triple doubled every single year. Yeah. But some years it has. Yeah. Um, this has been one of our best years. And um, but like we had some hard times, like we had some pretty rough two year period while I was going through chemo, but my staff kept things going i was able to still work yeah you know, it's such an inspiration to see that you yeah you uh, like five years into owning this business or whatever it was six years into owning this business you got cancer and had to like completely figure out how to run the business while going through all this how did that yeah, it was how bad. did it all yeah <laughs> like how i don't even know how that would well you must have had a great team you just have to choose it i guess yeah um also I do think that it's very important to stay like if you have cancer or you get cancer, you can't treat it like the end of the world and you have to stay plugged into things that you love that make that you, you energy. feel uh, good. And a lot of people, so it was also during COVID and there were several times where I was like less than a hundred pounds, didn't have a single ounce of body weight, had zero white blood cells in my blood count and it was like if you catch covid you die plain and simple like you can't even catch the flu so what do you think my doctor and my friends wanted me to do and my family be in a bubble yeah 
but you're like fuck no, that. Thank you. yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I was like flying airplanes with my flight instructor. I was like, I will do what I want until the day I die. And if today's the day I die, then that's what I'm gonna do because I'm gonna rather die crashed in an airplane than freaking sitting at home in a bubble by myself. Which would have so, been depressing. So you were you were right. searching out these energy kind of positive yeah, situations to keep you high. I wasn't exactly like, I mean. I wasn't doing crazy stuff all the time. Yeah. Most days I would like in the morning, my sleep schedule was like almost like think of it like an infant. It's like they Two you don't hours. sleep all night but and you they don't sleep all day, but it's like, yeah, every few you're sleeping and you then get you're exhausted. Awake and, yeah. And I would just focus on like what I could do that day. So if I could join a Zoom call, I would. If I didn't feel like it, I wouldn't. If I could walk to the end of the driveway or like sit out on my back porch in the sun, that was a win. I would make fresh juice. I would, you know, my kids would come have like dates with me like in bed. And when they would get home from school, they would take a shower, like just take a shower, be clean, get clean, come into mom's room. Um, We were not like overly cautious, but we did what we could and what I felt comfortable with. Um, but then as I started going through the process, um, I did notice that those like wins for me, like, uh, I also graduated my bachelor's degree when I had cancer. So that was cool. Um, but I finished my last like elective during that time. Um, but those like little wins or those little outings. I remember one time, um, I went fishing. I, I took a small plane over to Beluga and I, it was like really easy fishing, like all the fish just bite the hook, like don't even have to try. But I caught like a handful of silvers that day. And those things would really like, because if you're going to die anyway, you don't know. Like when you're going through cancer treatment, you actually don't know if it's even working until you like get through the first six months and then they check you. So I just planned as if I'm going to live, but also like prepared, you know, I got a will and I, I did all that. But for me, not letting, not just being like, oh, it's over and closing safe logic, I think mentally, you know, kind of kept me going along. And I think that my clients and the community like really helped me with that because they're very understanding. And I would sometimes if I was in a lot of pain, I'd eat a weed edible or like something. Yeah. And that was what you're supposed to do because like you have cancer. Yeah. Um, And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll just process some invoices or payroll. And then I'd get like an email that was like, math is not good oh no you're kind of your brain wasn't working sorry (laughs) let me fix that and people were very understanding and the community was like super good to me like my clients didn't just like bail and and my employees like really held things together um so that's the thing is like i I don't know it was unexpected and it was kind of crazy but the so, fact that I was able to keep doing it, like I'm proud of. It's super inspirational. It's yeah, not... I think anybody listening uh, to this, uh, I, like I said, there's nobody listening to this anyway. So <laughs> until, <laughs> maybe until you, you come don't on. Actually, know yeah, that I don't know stuff. that. But it's yeah, for anybody going through these things, I mean, it's just amazing that you were able to, you know, continue to run a business somewhat and and continue to service clients and do things. Uh, but the the inspirational part to me is like the fact that you realize and recognize the importance of staying like high and staying positive and staying uh, energetic and doing things that energize you and didn't, like you said, just give up. Because I think a lot of people get that diagnosis and they probably just say like, fuck. A lot I'm of fucked. people choose to die. And people cry around them and everybody, yeah. you were telling me a story about how you wouldn't yeah, let people no. cry around you. <laughs> get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need that. I don't want no, that energy. Also, so I think the hardest things, I was just talking to my daughter about this in Maui like three days ago. I was floating in the ocean with full scuba kit on. Me and my daughter got scuba open water certified yeah. last week. Yeah, you told so me. So she's getting claustrophobic underwater. You have to do all these things like I got prove scuba, I got scuba certified, so by you the know way, how, once. <laughs> so you know how you have to take your mask off when you're like sitting on the bottom? Oh, yeah. And then put it back on. As and, a part of the and, yeah, yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah. My daughter's 15 and. It was kind of high surf. I felt like we were like in a washing machine while we we're trying to do it. There was low visibility, like the sand was all kicking up. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And she was just getting really overwhelmed. And so we go to the surface and I'm like, okay, scuba instructor is about to kick my daughter out. And I'm like, not my kid, 
no, 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 no. <laughs> so I have, I'm like, I got to like reach to the depth of my soul to inspire this kid to go back to the bottom of the ocean, take her mask off and freaking just breathe. Like that's all you have to do. So I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to reach for it. And I'm like treading water. And I just want to be like, just do it. That's, that's the only speech I actually wanted to give. But I'm like, honey, you can do hard things because it's a choice and it's mental. Whether it's um, scuba diving without, you know, like if you're claustrophobic, like you, you might be claustrophobic, but you still mentally have a choice not to be. Um, when you're going through cancer, when you're trying to climb Everest, my daughter and I also hiked to Everest base camp last year it took, or this year, it took 10 days. Of Not hiking. a big deal. <laughs> That's it huge. was a big deal. Yeah, it is so a big deal. Days, <laughs> so many times I'm like, yeah. I just don't want to do this anymore. But that's the thing is like, with, it's hard. With, biz with business ownership, with beating cancer, with scuba diving when you're feeling claustrophobic, whether you're hiking to Everest Base Camp or trying to summit a mountain or you're trying to, you know, give birth to a baby. Those are all, those are kind of like the biggest things in my life where I've felt very challenged. Aren't those the points too, where we grow the most when we get super uncomfortable and things yes. feel super fucking hard. And then you're like, but I can do it. And then you yeah. get through it. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I wouldn't have been where I am now if I didn't go through that thing. And right. it's a lot of little things. A lot of times I, I tell my kids that too. I'm like, if it's not hard, it's probably not worth doing. So make sure you get yourself into situations where things feel a little uncomfortable and that's where the growth happens. Yeah. I mean, and let's be real. I love just like Netflix and chill with some ice cream, which is not hard and it's totally worth doing, <laughs> but there's gotta be a balance. And that's the thing is like, if you don't push yourself in those um, situations and you let yourself quit, you start telling yourself a mental story that like I'm a quitter. Like I can't do that. Yeah. If you start pushing yourself and you're like, I can do that. Oh, I did do that. Then it builds onto the next experience. Yes. So then you're looking at like, can I, can I pass the scuba test? And I said like, honey, you hiked to Everest base camp and you didn't give up and you didn't quit. I'm like, and then Jess, our awesome friend who summited Everest that we left, we left her at base camp and then she continued on to summit. Um, and she was the first ever ovarian cancer patient, um, re recovered patient to summit Everest. And it was like, if, if little powerhouse Jess can summit Everest, which takes another six weeks on top of the base camp track, then you can certainly go 10 feet under this water, take your mask off, blow some bubbles into it. And choose to breathe, like, because you have air. You have air. You just have to choose to breathe it. And that's, that's, that's life. Like, that's cancer. That's entrepreneurship. It's like, if you choose to breathe, there's air. If you choose to keep hiking and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get to the top. It might take you a long time. But that's all you do when you're hiking is they literally say, the Sherpas and the guides won't even tell you how much longer. They're like, just one more foot thing. in front of the other. It's a mental thing. E yeah, they exactly. understand it. Like, if we start telling people there's another 8, 12 hours, yeah. people are going to be like, I'm done. Right. Get the helicopter up here. Yeah. And I mean, and to be fair, like, we did have a couple people in our group need to take a helicopter back down. And okay. that's actually pretty normal for the Everest Space Camp okay. truck because yeah. it's low oxygen. You're getting in really high altitude. You're yep. exhausted. You've been hiking And it's dangerous. It's legitimately dangerous. Yeah. And uh, you have to get helicopter insurance because I know people are going to need it. Um, but typically a group, it'll be like 60% of the group will actually go down in a helicopter and only like 40% will make it up. In our group, we had all but two out of 20 people and one of them was actively in chemo so like she gets a hall pass no doubt. saying yeah. like she is a stud like the fact that she even flew talk to about, nepal yeah talk about hard stuff it's chemo. like just getting on the plane in that situation and and doing the travel yeah. to get there and then to go yeah so what yeah. are some of the um we're gonna wrap up here in a second because i think we're supposed to keep it to like 45 to an hour is what uh oh yeah what my producers tell me because i get to talking sometimes too but I kind of want to get to know a little bit more about like uh, if you do like what you what you do for yourself um, 
like mentally talk about doing hard stuff and I, i've been doing this cold plunge thing for the last year personally and you can keep that to yourself i know i didn't I, my, my employees tell me they're like you haven't posted anything on social media about that and i'm like nope uh because that's like a big thing right but it's all about for me like putting myself in situations where i'm really uncomfortable and because so when i get into a situation when i am really uncomfortable i can handle it i can breathe through it I know that it's going to pass and I can actually maybe even think a little bit and have like some wherewithal to be able to think myself out of a situation. And even with clients, when, when I'm in a, you know, you've been in these conversations with clients where it gets a little bit uncomfortable or they're telling you something happened that it was your fault, or maybe you gotta, you gotta kind of get out of those situations. And, you know, it's the same feeling of getting in that water for me as it is in those really uncomfortable conversations. So being able to train yourself to deal with that is, is important to me. And I just want to hear maybe a little bit about like how you take care of yourself and how you prepare yourself uh, for those situations and, and sort of personally what you do for your own, um, you know, personal care. Yeah. So for me, I think this is huge. I do think it's the only reason SafeLogic has sustained that I'm able to homeschool my kids or that I beat cancer <clears throat> is that I take the time that I need for a few things and I put that above pretty much everything else. One is sleep. Like anybody who thinks that they're a machine that is going to sleep four to five hours a night and just keep on trucking, like they don't, you don't realize that even if you can do it, you shouldn't do it. And if, even if you, you know, get two, three, four hours of sleep and go to work either, you know, hungover or super tired or, or whatever is like, you're not at mental top capacity. So when I'm working, I want to be on the top of my game. So if that means I work an hour less and I sleep an hour more, that to me is huge. Also, obviously exercise and like having those endorphins and taking care of your body. So while I was actively in chemo, I got a physical therapist who helped rehabilitate like my muscles and, and giving me protein. So by the time I was actually done with chemo, I'd regained all the weight that I had lost. And I think that was huge. So like mentally having, you know, having friends or having a therapist to talk to. I had a therapist on a couple different points where I'm a big advocate for mental health. And it's like, people don't want to use the doctors that like, if you have insurance, or even if you don't, um, there's so many providers and sometimes you have to get on a list. So it's like better to get them sooner than later but yeah there's resources going if to the you're doctor having, yeah go like being okay like seeing a mental health professional like you go to the dentist to clean your teeth you don't just try to clean your own teeth right like kind of speak for yourself you know like you I brush your teeth but like nope. <laughs> and i don't brush my teeth <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i do but so that's like one thing that i'm really passionate about is like yeah it is hard sometimes like beating cancer is not just like oh yeah I'll walk in the park being a business owner going through a divorce, whatever it is. Raising that, kids. Yeah, Hello. raising kids is, can the be hardest very thing. hard. Yes. And very unfulfilling feeling. You feel like nobody appreciates me. They don't. <laughs> uh, maybe they <laughs> Not will. Until they're, they're in like their 40s. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but that's the thing is there's all these factors. Some people are working remote. Some people are don't have a significant other to lean on. Some people want kids but can't have them. Whatever is is causing you to either have depression or or experience anxiety or maybe maybe none of those things are happening but you need somebody outside your circle that can give you objective advice and like help you focus on getting to the place where you can be healthy and so I had a phenomenal um, therapist for a while like at the end of having cancer and then through part of my recovery um, a lot of cancer patients get a little PTSD. We get a little like, uh, is it, gonna is, come is back? it coming back? Is it, is what's that? Or like what, stuff. you know, yeah. or what just happened to me? Like yeah. I, that was traumatic. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it was kind yeah. of traumatic. You're like laying there writing letters to people like, cause you think you're going to die and then you don't die. And then you're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> you're preparing for your death is traumatic. And so I had some PTSD from that. Right. So the thing is, is like, none of us are above getting help for mental health. And then, and also some of it's just science. Like if you don't get sleep, something is going to go wrong with your mental health and your physical health. Like your body actually needs it because science says. Totally. Also, it needs good food and it needs exercise. And Alaskans need that more than anyone else. And we also need vitamin D. So it's like yeah. if you can just 
get some extra sleep, take your vitamins, try to eat a salad. Like that's going to get you so much further, but you see a lot of people struggling with their mental health, struggling with addiction, struggling with alcohol. It's dark. If you're eating shit, it's just a circular thing. Yeah. It's just like, like you're just getting depleted and you're not hanging out with the right people. You're not paying attention. I I tell people and my kids this too. It's like, you got to pay attention to your thoughts because that internal voice will get you. It'll get you in a negative loop about everything that's wrong or everything. You have to check that voice. And I think that's where mental health starts is in like in your head, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then getting things out of you that, you know, you need to talk about or you need to, to, to release, I think emotions wise is, is really important. I I do yoga to, I love you. I know. And I've learned that it's not a competition. And it's not even actual. I just it, coming from a dude. I know. You see a dude walk into the first day of yoga class, yeah. and they're like trying to kill themselves to like do tree poses, and you're exactly. like, oh, like, calm this down, is, buddy. This is not so a competition. I did yo. I've done yoga since the beginning of the year. I got a membership at Anchored Yoga here. Uh, shout out to Anchored Yoga, and I was doing yoga three to five times a week up until like September, right? So for like ten, nine, ten months. I know. I didn't quit. I haven't quit. I'm joking. I started to get like really bad, like, like back pain, like my sacrum and my lower back was like just compressing. And I realized I was over efforting in class. I was trying so hard to get these poses perfect. And I'd been doing this for a long time. So I should have been, I was getting super sore and I shouldn't have been getting sore. So I realized I was over efforting and, uh, and I was trying to do things that my body didn't want to do. I was like forcing myself like we do, right. We resist and we force. So uh, I started reading more about yoga and it's really just like kind of like a religion almost. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to do yoga and uh, connect with yourself and be able to move energy around your body. And you shouldn't try to force things uh, or create sort of some position that your body isn't wanting to go into. And it's about removing blockages and allowing these energy areas Let to release. chakra flow. Yeah. And, That's and, such a dude thing to go to yoga and like, overwork yourself that's what i'm saying i totally did <laughs> it and i hurt myself yeah. and now i mix up yoga and other things and no not just do yeah. yoga like I, I had been but I, I i learned a lot about myself uh through that process and um yeah just i guess if the message is just don't everything try to in moderation yeah don't don't try to compete yeah. in everything it, everybody has a different body and uh and figure out how you can uh best treat yours you know which will help with everything so i just think also like moderation is so key and i might what do you maybe to my deficit a little bit like i'm like i don't need to be the best at anything Anything. like i I don't like i i I don't need to be the healthiest but i'll maybe eat a little healthier than most people and i don't need to like not drink it's not sober for 30 days it's like i'll just drink a drink when I want to occasionally, yeah. but not like overuse it. Okay, yeah, I, I don't re- work yeah. out like all the time. It's not a competition. I'm not. I'm like, but I do. I do what I can. I think the I point do. is to do it for yourself, right, yeah. and not do it to Just, compete against somebody yeah. else. And I, uh, again, I've been doing fasting, so that's another thing that I do on a regular basis. I fast till two p.m. at that's least. Called every... deadlines. <laughs> like, have you eaten today? Like what? No. Oh, what God. food? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been doing this for over a year now, and uh, it's been amazing for me. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but uh, in terms of energy, like th- the breaking point for me was I ate lunch uh, somewhere here in town, and I had like fries, and a, uh, I actually had a beer at lunch, and <laughs> which I normally would do, uh, and like a like a I don't know, it was like a meat cheese sandwich, something. And it was super heavy. And I got back to the office and I literally like couldn't keep my eyes open. Like I was like, I lay down on the couch and my staff was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just can't right now. <laughs> and uh, so from that point on, I'm like, I, I didn't like the way I felt. And I couldn't work basically for, for that time when I was just had the food, they call it food coma, right? So I chose to just start trying fasting. I'd been reading about it. 18 to 22 hours is kind of the key time frame of fasting. And uh, I've had amazing results. Personally, I lost like 15 pounds, like within the first few months, and I've kept it off since. But um, yeah, it's another hard thing that I do that's like uncomfortable a lot of times when I haven't eaten, you know, at three o'clock or four o'clock. But um, for me, uh, it helps with my mental clarity. And it also uh, feels like I'm doing something that, uh, you know, is disciplined, like it feels like I'm disciplining myself. I'm not 
Yeah, just no, discipline making, is good. It, sure. I'm not just doing everything yeah. easy. I'm because food's yeah. always there. That's the problem with food. It's like always we're like, oh, I can have snacks and we have you know donuts and everything in our office and little high chews and you know trail mix and you can just sit and snack all day and a lot of people do and I think food has to be more of a treat. It should be like special. And now that I fast and now when I go to eat, guess what? I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And it just might be a sandwich my wife made for me or, you know, like a salad from Sweet Caribou. I'm like, this tastes so good. Like, Well, it's like fuel. And that's the thing that I think people don't really recognize. Not all people. A lot of people do. But your body is it's it's just it's like an engine like you've you've got to fuel it you've got to let it rest yep you've got to take good care of it because you know the other thing is is when something does happen whether it's a sports related injury or cancer or something the better shape that you're in the better the outcome is going to be and i was in like probably the top best shape of my life and the healthiest when i got cancer um and i think if i had been in less or worse condition it probably wouldn't have turned out so well yeah i probably wouldn't be here yeah um, so staying healthy is an important thing yeah. we learned that in covid too like the high-risk yeah. people were yes exactly you know, obese and, and things <clears> like that but yeah the 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 thing that what you said about taking a break sometimes like giving yourself a break whether it's from extra intense exercise or for fasting is just giving your stomach a break from digesting food so yeah for sure there's something called ophagy and uh ophagy occurs at a certain point in your fast when you haven't eaten anything you're you're actually your stomach uh cells in your stomach start to uh look inside itself and start to repair themselves uh in this process called ophagy so you start to get healthier gut uh and uh and better bowel movements i should say uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, this podcast has covered all the things. All the things. So cool for that. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's one thing I think people should know. It's like food should be treated as fuel, and it should be uh, a treat. And it and and giving your your gut a break is is really healthy. And uh, and and if you're going back like the way our bodies are designed, it's humans were designed. We we for ten thousand years we hunted for maybe days for uh, you know on one kill and then we ate that in one sitting you know and then so it's not like we were made to be eating all the time and our stomachs aren't set up for that i think a lot of people's health issues come from food and uh bad foods or overeating or anything in moderation it goes back to that it's like moderation right um is there anything else uh you want to cover before we uh say goodbye to everybody not really that i can think of yeah, um, you're, you have such I thought a... you were going to want to talk about safety the whole time, so this has uh, been fun. No, <laughs> it's way easier yeah. to talk about the stuff that we're – because for me, when I listen to podcasts, I want to hear what people actually think and what they're doing to improve themselves. I'm big on yeah. self-improvement and spirituality. And, 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 and there's so many things. I think as entrepreneurs, people look at people like you or like me – in a in a weird way sometimes people like idolize me like i'm different from them like or like you have some skill set that uh is so yeah yeah, they give me too much credit i'm like no i'm just like good at hiring staff that is good at doing their job i'm good at that but also like sometimes people think like oh you own a business like you're a millionaire like no but that's not what it's about for me being rich is being able to scuba dive with my kid on a Wednesday in Hawaii, in Hawaii, while, while also on a work trip. While well, she's yeah, exactly. that is the and benefit. That's where that's wealth. That's where wealth comes in for me. If I wanted to make a lot more money, I, I certainly could. Um, but but that's the thing too is like just trusting yourself, taking those leaps, like we talked about. So being willing to. Um, invest in that in a person even if you can't afford it or like a new concept a new website certain yeah. things like that where if you don't spend that money make that if you step. don't take that chance you're not going to get the rewards from it back to the sherpa and one step at a time exactly. you gotta you gotta make that step and in business the steps are these whatever it is hiring a person creating a process yeah. uh, getting an attorney uh you know having contracts yeah. and you can doing get all proposals. those things Right here at Eureka Space. <laughs> Shout out to Eureka Space. <laughs> I'm just saying, actually, 
I will say a big part of my growth has been people like you, Andrew, Robin, 100%. all the people here, because yeah. when you can walk into your own office space that you pay like a reasonable amount for like a small amount, I mean, for what, for what the value oh, it's is super, that we get here. Oh yeah. People always are like, you pay what? And you get the printers and the, and the podcast and the room, podcast room and, and the conference rooms. And then yeah. you can like go to the water machine or the coffee, or the machine, coffee machine and you're like, Hey Seth. And you're like, Hey, you want to film a podcast? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then I have like a contract issue and then I can walk down the hall to the attorney and be like, Hey yep. Andrew. And he'll be like, I'll get right to that. And then mm. it's like, you know, it just keeps all this circular like brain energy is just flowing here yes. and people are ref like i've gotten Referrals. contracts and i know it's all very and alaska is such a small place um, we all know it's like one degree separation so if i don't know the person you're talking to uh i know somebody who knows them so but it comes back to people yeah. and if you are wondering uh what special skills you need to get into i think people need to get better at the soft skills, which is being able to attract and to be able to read and to be able to get collaborate. Yeah. Collaborate. And just real realizing that it's not the hard skills are important and knowing things like stuff is important. Like you said, in the beginning, we have the internet, we have the world's knowledge at our fingertips right now. So focusing on the people side and I think it starts with taking care of ourselves inside and that allows us to be able to take care of other people. And I think uh, you and I both understand that. And, and uh, I hope people out there uh, listen to this and if they're not doing the things they need to do, they, they start thinking about doing that one thing because it's in business and in uh, personal, that one step personally might just be like making that call to the therapist or asking somebody to sit down for coffee or yeah. or attending like an, a free networking event there's sure. so many yeah. things in, in anchorage and i have friends call me like how did you grow your business i need help i don't i don't know how to reach people i'm like well there's the golf tournament or there's the young professionals yeah. group or there's the but project also, management institutes having this yeah. and there's all these free yeah. events there's some that you have to be invited to um but if you know people who are going be like hey can i can I tag along with you yeah. to that Aoga conference or whatever it yeah. is going to luncheons and things. And even if you meet only one person, just the person sitting next to you, that's kind of my goal is if I go to an event, if I at least interact with the people sitting next to me and exchange business cards, like maybe if you're feeling introverted, which hasn't really happened to me ever in my life, but I know it happens to other people. <laughs> Then it's like if you can at least just introduce yourself, give them your card. Um, typically, if you want to get some good interaction, like approach an extrovert because we'll just talk to you about like we'll do all the stuff. we'll do all the talking. <laughs> like we got you covered. <laughs> but having like, I, I think with COVID and and the the work from home culture, like so many people are trying to start businesses where they work remotely and work from home. And like that's cool. I have a desk in my bedroom. I like to work from Same. home. But this interaction and being in the Eureka space, I actually pay for this office space, not because I need it, because I don't. It's a I part of a your office. marketing strategy. It's, it's, it's for the human interaction. Yes. It's to uh, like know what's going on in the rest of Anchorage, which between all the professionals here, I can pretty much know what's going on in the rest of Anchorage in every industry. Exactly. And meeting people who are like similar to me where I can be like, hey, I'm struggling with my staff. What do you recommend? Yes. Um, and, and, and having other people to share ideas. So if you really want to get into something specific, then you need to, to surround yourself with people who are good at that. Yep. So like, if you want to be a realtor, go hang out with some real estate agents. It's the proximity. You want to be an entrepreneur, come hang out with a bunch of us. It's a hundred percent entrepreneurs. The, it's a hundred percent realizing like, okay, uh, I want, I think I want to do this. Uh, let me find somebody in that industry and, figure out if that's what I want to be doing and hang out with them and talk to them and get a low level job in that, whatever yeah. industry it is just to get in. Yeah. That's called the proximity principle. I've been uh, reading about that. Uh, I have this sign up here. I think it encompasses uh, both of what we like to do. We like to have fun and get shit done. Uh, that's my uh, mantra for uh, has been for like great. Eight, eight years. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Have fun, get shit done. I like my staff to know that I'm, we're here to have fun, but we're also going to get some shit done. Yeah. And you can do both. And that's the thing is yeah. like, 
work doesn't have to suck. Surprise, surprise. You, like I could actually love my job and get shit done and like doing it and and help other and people. Make money yeah, and, help and other make people. money. Like, it's, it's like a actually, win, win, win. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you're not liking what you're doing as a consultant or an entrepreneur, you probably need to like switch what you're doing. But almost everybody has a skill set that's marketable that they could turn into a business if they so wanted to. Um, but that, but that is definitely part of it is like, yeah, some things are not going to be fun. Like I don't always love every single detail that I have to do, but I do like the people that I'm around when I'm doing it. And I do like the outcome of it and it just keeps you motivated. And it is the risk taking the leap. Like if you have a job, the other thing is you can start a business before you leave your job. You can get a business license and start small, get your logo created, get your bank accounts open, yep. get your ducks in LLC, a row. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, now I'm starting to like kick up some profit with this business. Now I, now it's time I can jump ship or you can moonlight and, and, and do it that way. But I don't ever suggest somebody to just put all their eggs into one basket and just blindly leap, leap off a cliff. Do you have any side gigs by the way? Besides no. outside of safe no. logic, no, I mean, no, just I mean, safe logic and... has like a million side gigs. Yeah, inside of it. I, yeah, that's the fun thing is like you have a business license, like you can pretty much do whatever you want. And I've had people be like, Hey, does safe logic, you uh, know, do this? And we're like, No, but that would be cool. Like, <laughs> I uh, got paid actually to speak on a panel oh, cool. about mental health and construction last year to some pretty big conferences. Wow, and all I had to do was like talk about the fact that I go to a therapist and talk about from my experience in construction as a safety professional, what I see and how you can address it as like a manager or something on a project. And it's all stuff that I knew about, but like, that's awesome. I didn't know I could yeah, do that. that as you a could like business. get revenue from it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we definitely take creative turns and then sometimes we'll, we'll shut something down. We'll be like, yeah, we don't really love this isn't working. worker comp yeah. claim management as it turns out. Yeah. So we dropped that off the list. So that's the thing is, yeah, it, your business can be whatever you want it to be. And if you like oranges, orange slices, cool. or if you like orange <laughs> slices, like roll with it. But like maybe in 10 years, you might be lemon slice. You don't know. Like it can just be, or just be like the citrus family. We could just be like citrus slice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right. someday we won't be safety. Randy, it's been unreal. You're always, always fun to talk to. We catch unreal. each other in, <laughs> at the office here and just stop and talk for 15, 20 minutes every so often. And it's so easy to, you're so easy to talk to and, and, and actually really inspiring. Truly, I appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.